Good morning, afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, ladies, gentlemen, ladies, and thems, and everything in between. I am glad you're here, and I am glad that you are alive. Um, I want to thank you if you listened to my first podcast. I want to thank you for listening to it, um, even though we are definitely still working out some of the kinks and all that, still figuring out the best way to approach it and best way to go over topics and things like that in a normal manner. Um, so I decided I'm probably not going to be talking about politics unless there's an actual like a major, major event. I'm not going to be getting into like the little things anymore. Um, it just makes me angry and I, I'm sure you can relate to that. Um, but yeah, so no politics for now unless something absolutely, absolutely devastating or major happens. And in that case, it probably shouldn't even be politicized in the first place, you know, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, so I basically, today we're going to be talking about um, three things, mainly the first one is going to be League of Legends, the World Series, um, or World Championships, it's called Worlds. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's a, one of the most popular games, it's a multi-online, multiplayer online battle arena, it's a 5v5 team game, it's very fun to watch competitively, I play the game on and off, even though the... Um, <clears throat> The um, fan base sucks really bad because they're all mean, but basically, yeah, so um, I wanted to get into my pickums today, and what pickums are is that they're basically this thing where you, it's like you predict the, um, the, the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals, and winner, and I'm sure there's a big, um, big reward for predicting it correctly but um yeah so if you're one of my friends i'm sure you're and you're listening i'm sure you're into league and i'm sure you'll enjoy this next part because we're going to be getting into some details and things like that so um basically we have in the first round we have top esports which is i believe the lpl number one seed and then Fnatic, which is eu that's the um lec europe so lpl is china uh LEC is Europe, so we have uh, the first seed of China versus the second seed, I believe, of Europe. Yeah, because G2 beat them in the finals, yeah, so um, I, I have top going over that. Fnatic, Fnatic historically have had issues dealing with LPL teams and matching their aggression, and um, I feel like the current playstyle Fnatic is, is doing now definitely will be steamrolled by top esports because a lot of players, a lot of... A lot of teams have had struggles in um, dealing with that aggression, and that's honestly why the LPL is probably one of my favorite regions due to their calculated aggression in their plays. Um, and then on the other side of that bracket, we have Suning versus JD Gaming. Both are LPL teams. Um, I have Suning actually going over JD. Now, Suning, I watched the... Um, I watched this little documentary on Huang Fong, and I really appreciate like how the how the person how he drives himself as a player, and he's just good. He's a he's a very good marksman player, and I think that it's different when it's when it's uh, the knockout stage or not knockout stage. It's different. Yeah, I think this this is the knockout stage. It's different when it's the knockout stage. People often have a buff for this time. It's so to speak a hypothetical buff where they just improve their play, and I'm kind of basing this this win off of that because JD otherwise is pretty, pretty scary. But, yeah, um, so we're going to have top esports 
versus Suning in the semifinals. And then on the other side of the bracket, we have Genji versus G2. Um, Damwon versus DRX. Uh, Genji, Damwon, and DRX are all three Korean teams, LCK. G2 Esports is a European team, so we have three LPL teams, three LCK teams, and two EU or LEC teams in the bracket this year. So, um, I obviously have G2 going over Genji. I think G2, they kind of pull things out of their, their ass, so to speak. They have a very unique play style, and all of their players individually are freaking good. And that's that's honestly rare they've had. And I think another strength of G2 actually is the, the fact that their roster has stayed the same since last Worlds. And that matters because that helps that helps solidify teammate synergy and that helps solidify like overhaul co- cohesiveness in how you rotate and deal with things on the map. And uh, Gen G's Korea, oh, excuse me, I'm not sure uh, which which seed. I don't follow LCK that much anymore because you have to like wake up early to watch it. Um, uh, but Gen G, I'm not sure what seed they are. I know they have Clid. Clid is a very good jungler and BDD as well. I could be mistaken. Um, but they have good players. But I feel as if the Korean playstyle is counteracted by the uh, G2 playstyle of we don't know what we're doing until we do it. So Korea, Korea is often very meticulous and calculated in the way they make their decisions as a team, whereas China is um, is that, but they're also aggressive. And where Korea often doesn't take a fight unless they're for sure that it will work. Um, G2 throws that out the window. They pick odd picks. They cheese all the time. They do weird strats. They win a lot of their games by backdoor. And backdooring is just basically pulling the win out of your butt because the whole team is trying to push and one of your players just sneaks back. But you all, if you're listening and you know League of Legends, I don't need to explain what a backdoor is. But, um, yeah, so on the other side of this bracket, we have Damwon versus DRX. DRX being 4-2, Damwon being 5-1. I chose DRX. I'm a Chovy fanboy. Uh, back when he was on Griffin, he was a very good player and he kind of like shocked me. Um, and I think he has a lot of potential and he often reminds me of a young faker with how how good he plays or how well he plays in the plays that he makes. And the fact that he's, he's young means that he has even more time to improve. Um, and, I, and I feel as if that, that is they're easily their strongest aspect is DRX and how, or as this Chovy and how his team can play well around him. But however, I haven't been keeping track of the Korean teams at Worlds. And it's not anything specifically. I haven't, it's been hard to keep track because the, um, the matches are up like at Eastern time. It's in China, it's in uh, a time zone in China. So we have to wake up pretty early, like five or so to catch the matches, which is, uh, that's hard when you're depressed. So I, it's, it's going to be a no from me, boss. Um, so then we have, I have G2 Esports over DRX for the same reason they beat Gen G. Very, very, very hard to, sort of deal with G2's playstyle when you're slow and meticulous rather than aggressive and uh, calculated. And um, so basically for finals, that, that leaves top esports, China's number one seed with G2, EU's number one seed, which is uh, it's 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 uh, basically the same thing that happened last year, but with FPX and G2. Um, I believe that I want G2 to win. I picked G2 to win um, because by some miracle, I think that if they adapt to the LPL's aggression by either out-aggressing or um, 
or baiting them to make aggressive plays on one side of the map, whereas the where they can get objectives and other things on the other side of the map, I think it's a very that's a very basic understanding of it. But I think if G two plays something along those lines, they all their players are smart enough and good enough to where they can make that happen. But I will say this. Um, I think this is a personal opinion, but I think if Top wins the first game, G2 is going to lose. If Top Esports wins the first game in the best of five, it's going to be a 3-0 sweep because it's too familiar for the team. It is probably going to put them into a bad headspace. So, yeah. Um, hopefully, G2 wins. I mean, I, I'm okay with whatever. I love watching Professional League of Legends. I'm salty because I'm not good at the game, and I think that's... That's okay. You know, it's okay to not be good at things and it's okay to enjoy it. Like I was horrible at football in high school, but I still watched every Steelers game and I watched that one playoff game where they played the Broncos and Tim Tebow threw a fucking touchdown pass in overtime and I got mad. I remember that, but I don't watch football anymore, so it's hard for me to remember things like that. But I will say this though, G2 is definitely my favorite team at the tournament. Um I love the way Yanko screams. It reminds me of myself and how I scream when I'm playing video games with my friends. And I think, I, it just personally, he's one of my favorite players. So, yeah, um, I think G2 is going to take it all. But if they lose one game of the best of five, or if they lose that first game, they're not. I don't think they have the capability of coming back from that mental game or that mental like wear down that they put on themselves. But otherwise, I, I think G2 could very well take it. And we are going to segue into our next comment, our next comment, uh, next section of the podcast, which is going to be about Formula One. And if you guys don't know what Formula One is, it is a European racing series, the pinnacle of motorsport. Um, One of the things I recently got into, and I very much love talking about it because motorsport's cool. It's very, very awesome. And it's the Formula One community at least in my experience, has been very welcoming and everybody I've met and talked to that is into Formula One have been sweet and nice. So we are going to look at the calendar because they just had this race at the Nürburgring, which we spoke about last time. I don't remember. I'm not sure which, which. um, Okay, so the Portuguese Grand Prix is next. That is going to be the 25th of October. So um, I don't know. I To be honest, I don't know anything about the track, so I can't do my predictions yet. And I think I'll, if I do predictions, it's going to be in another episode. Um, but the Portuguese Grand Prix, I don't, they weren't, they wasn't, they didn't have that in um, uh, the calendar last year. So I've never seen that before. Um, but that's at 910. So hopefully I won't, I won't miss that. Um, excuse me. Um, so yeah. A little tired this morning. Um, we're going to talk about the dominance of Hamilton, actually. Lewis Hamilton, if you don't know, he's the number one driver for Mercedes. Just equaled Michael Schumacher's fucking... Oh, sorry, bad word. <laughs> That's going to happen a lot, so just just get ready for it. Um, he's just equaled Michael Schumacher's um, 91 wins. And Michael Schumacher is arguably the best driver of all time. Hamilton is up there. I think they share. It's perfectly reasonable for them to both share the uh, that title. However, they raced in different eras. Um, they had some, some races together for sure, but Schumacher came. I'm not sure when he won his, his championships, but... And also, Lewis, Lewis won some championships before the V6 hybrid, I think. So, 
it's it's hard to say. I do. Th- I like I like Hamilton. Um, it's it's the same thing. Like, like people don't like the Patriots because they used to win so much because uh, Bill Belichick cheats. Anyways, um, people don't like him for that reason. And I think I mean that's valid too because it makes the races boring. But I also think the way the cars are designed is what makes the races boring. It's not real necessarily the engine. It's more so the cars are so wide and big, and they focus so much on aero. You can't really get next to each other and like actually race. You just have to like give each other space, or your car fucking uh, like dissipates into carbon fiber dust. So I think it's really weird. But like, so Formula One from an American fan perspective is kind of weird because no one. I've ver- I've only met like one other person that has been into Formula One, and my partner they there's somebody that they work with that's into formula one. And those are the two instances of American fans that I've experienced outside of like talking on like forums and things, but I don't really even do it that much. I'm not really a fan of that that much. So, um, yeah, but basically, uh, it's weird coming from, coming from an American perspective when all you're used to is NASCAR. There's a lot of, um, NASCAR has road tracks, but, uh, or not road tracks, but non oval tracks, I think. But, um, I just I never watched NASCAR because a lot of the NASCAR uh, fans had a I had issues with how they acted and things like that and not to paint NASCAR fans as a monolith because that's not the case anymore. But all the little redneck boys that I went to school with were just problematic and they all liked NASCAR, so it kind of left an odd taste in my mouth. If that makes sense, but yeah. Um, and we're gonna talk about so. Nico Hulkenberg, if you want to say the American thing, but auf Deutsch is Hülkenberg. So Nico Hülkenberg, freaking, um, got driver of the day, came back to a points finish from the end of the grid, and that's absolutely amazing considering the fact that he was called in last minute because uh, Racing Point their t- their driver felt sick, so. Hülkenberg came in and he was like alright I'll drive for y'all did bad in qualifying which is completely understandable because he just kind of just showed up but then in the race he put his head down and and made a made progress got the team points got the team the points that they needed and this I want to use this to segue into the next point that I think Hülkenberg needs to go to Red Bull I think Red Bull doesn't need a younger driver like Alex Albon, but Alex Albon by all means should be in a Formula One team. I don't think Red Bull's number two driver should be a younger driver because they already have Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen is a superstar. He's a very, very good driver. Probably, I think he's the youngest driver to ever start a Formula One race. Um, And he's absolutely insane. They call him the Flying Dutchman. He's pretty crazy. He's funny as hell, and he's a very, very, very solid racer, and I think, in my opinion, that if Red Bull were to pair Hülkenberg up with Verstappen, it would give him that dynamic of an experienced, consistent driver with a young, hot superstar, and that would help Red Bull eventually eke up on Mercedes in the constructor standings. Because Alex Albon hasn't had that good that good of a performance lately in comparison to how it used to be with Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo and Max Verstappen always like were within a few points of each other, and and I understand uh, Albon's been getting the short end of the stick because being the number two driver for Max Verstappen can't be easy by any means. 
So that's completely understandable. And I just think he should be put through the ropes of playing through because he had one year at Toro Rosso and then he was just promoted to Red Bull. So I, I believe that he needs to do more more time in the younger or in the, the lower teams and to let him build up that repertoire and that racecraft, I guess, in Formula One. But also, I'm just an American that watches it on the internet. So what is my opinion worth? But you're listening to it, so who knows? Um, yeah, so Hülkenberg go, should go to uh, should definitely go to Red Bull next year. I, I I think it's a shame that he doesn't have a seat, an official seat this year, and he's only been called in for reserve um, or as a reserve driver. However. If something happened and like Lance Stroll's sick for the next one, the Lance Stroll is the driver that Hülkenberg replaced. Um, so if if he's sick for the next race, then hopefully Hülkenberg can actually like s- like show the fact that he's a good driver, which he did every time he's had to um, show. Like he qualified third when he replaced. Uh, Sergio Perez when Sergio Perez got COVID so clearly the motherfucker knows how to drive and clearly he's a good driver he won Le Mans like he's a fuck why would you not want a Le Mans a Le Mans winner on your team in any regard and it's a shame that teams often go to go to younger drivers uh, that don't have as much experience because they feel like like Hülkenberg's too old to win a thing or win or something like that, and I, I I don't I don't get that. So, yeah, I think that's gonna be it for the Formula One talk. Again, also if you know me, if you're a friend of the show, I guess, and you want to talk about Formula One, please talk to me because I want actual friends to talk about it. It's boring. You can't really change strangers' minds. So, um, yeah, um, life updates, life life updates. Um. I got a job, so we're going to be doing, we're going to need to be doing this podcast at a more consistent level, so I'm thinking two episodes a week, and since the episodes are around 15 to 20 minutes, well, we're at the 19 minute mark, and I still got, there's still one more section after this, but it's not going to be long, but um, since I got that job, I'm going to be trying to do it more more consistently, if that makes sense, uh, so probably two episodes a week, um, and this episode will be edited a little better, um, and things like that. But other than that, um, I'm meeting my partner's family for the first time uh, around Halloween. I'm nervous as shit about that, which is completely normal. Um, but I don't. Other than that, my life's been just normal without spreading spreading or sharing too much personal detail. It's just been actually kind of normal recently. So which. I think you have to recognize when it's when that's happening and acknowledge that normalcy, at least in some aspect, is okay. Um, it gives you a good baseline to go off of. Now, music that I am listening to, I have been listening to TTNG. Uh, this town needs guns. It is a British math rock or an English math rock trio. Yes, they have very good music in their music. I in I enjoy I enjoy the way their music sounds. I need to find I need to find their uh, their album that I'm listening. I can't remember. I'm such a poser. I can't remember the album. Um, Disappointment Island came out in 2016. I've been listening to that on repeat, 
And um, I've, I love TTNG. I love how most of their songs are often in a major key, and yet their lyrics resemble something a lot more somber. And I also love the time signatures that they play in, which I will never be able to play in because I'm not that good of a guitar player, but they in, they create a very unique listening experience. And I feel as if uh, the way the band meshes together, especially in the live performances, it's truly unique. And you can tell these guys are really good with playing playing instruments with each other and things like that. So that's my recommendation for this week. I want you guys to listen to a TTNG song. And if you have to listen to one, Coconut Crab is a really good one. Um, I'm thinking we're going to do Coconut Crab is going to be the intro to this thing. Obviously within the guidelines of fair use. So, all right. Yeah. And that about does it for this episode. We're coming on 20 minutes now. So that's what normally what I want to, what I want to, what I want to keep these episodes at. So I just want to say thank you for listening. Um, I hope you have a fantastic week or day or month, year, whenever, whatever interval you listen to this podcast at. And I hope you know that the world is definitely better with you in it and that you're great. You are loved. You are precious, loved and worthy. So have a good day.